Hey guys, welcome to the last three digits where we're talking about money and everything in between. Because they would have come to your 400 pound birthday dinner. I don't ask for much. What do you mean, bro? <laughs> like, it's just one day a year. Yeah, fair enough. Friday's a school. Oh, when people are Saturday's Hakkasan. And Sunday we go to Miami. Because girls are usually gassed by the, the, the middle amounts. And this is probably why girls don't go for a higher salary. In Welcome, welcome back to another episode of The Last Three Digits. My name's Bolasol. True. Yo, it's Bio. Jeez, you gave them the first name today. We're here for it. Um, so we had a couple of questions come in via our inbox, so we thought we'd get to them. I don't, I'm always weary of like saying people's names because I don't know if they, oh, please do keep me anonymous. Okay, cool. Um she said, hi guys, hope this email finds you well. Firstly, been a regular listener to the last three digits podcast for a while now, and I find it really insightful. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm in my mid twenties and I'm thinking to purchase a house sometime soon, but I'm aware I'll need to build up my credit score. I know nothing about credit cards. I have been researching online, but there's a lot of jargon about APR and percentages, which I know nothing about. So my first question, her first question, before I go through them, actually, she said she'd really appreciate it if we could discuss this on a pod whenever possible, because it would help her out a lot. So she has, wait, hold on. I think she has, she has like four or five questions for us. She, uh, her first question is, is a higher APR better or worse? If she's asking, uh, okay, so I guess we've got to just, basically start with what APR is. You guys can hear me clearly? Yeah. Yes, we can. Uh, so APR, I can't remember what exactly the, the letter stands for. Um, annual um, percentage rate. Boom. So for instance, if you have um, 24% APR, that implies that it is 2% a month. Is that, am I, am I right in saying that? Yeah, so, you're charged over 12 months, yeah. Yeah, so essentially, long so short, the lower the percentage, the better. Yeah. Um, Disu, anything you want to add to that? No, yeah. So you just got out. You just want the APR number to be as low as possible. Yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, definitely. It's, it's not in your favor. It's only when it's interest on savings that that stuff is great. Yeah. Anything else? Just yeah, avoid. yeah. Essentially, they're they're telling you you're going to be paying more P. Yeah. So the, yeah. So when it comes to APR, the lower the better always. Yeah, and her what, second. Oh, God, and I was just gonna say, when looking for credit cards, just on that, um, don't feel a way to use like Experian or your uh, whoever you use to check your credit score because they'll recommend you like the best ones for your credit score as well. That's actually the one of the second questions. Um, a part of it, she said, "How do I know which credit card to select?" As there's so many on the market. Um, do you guys have any personal? Personal recommendations. How did you pick your first credit card? Get a black card, baby. <laughs> you, you got that card from what was the name? What's the name of that company? Is it N twenty six? What? No, you you had That's a, a gang. You're done. No, it's an N twenty. This is a bit off topic, but isn't N twenty six the name of a a company, a card company? I got I got um. The credit cards I've got, so when I was first going on my credit score, I got what's called Vanquiz. Vanquiz, yep. 
V A N Q U I S, and you, you, your credit score doesn't need to be that bagging for you to get that credit card. I love that you spelled that like you're Fergie from Fergalicious. V A N Q. But um, yeah, now Vanquish, um, and that helped me build up my credit score. The APR was horrendous. I don't even, I don't even want to know what the number was. It was nasty. It looked racist. Um, and then I moved on to American Express, Sick. Um, Amex, which I, I personally love. Like the rewards. A, a lot of times when you have a company, and I'm not being paid to say this, a lot of times when you have a company that are offering you rewards. It's like, you know, like three percent or something. But this with my Amex thing, like I'm, every week I check the the office thing, and it's like twenty percent off here, fifty percent off here, cash back here is lit. Do you use the cash back? Um, that do you use the cash back deals on there? Quite a I bit. I do, but there's one part of it. I'll be real with you. Uh, I don't know if I can admit this on a finance pod, but I'm just gonna admit it. Yeah. So I've got a bit of money here in the. I can't remember what the section is on my Amex card, yeah? And I don't understand what it means. I genuinely don't understand what it means, but I just haven't Googled it. What, what do you mean? Understand what, what I'm mean? opening my I'm opening my app right now. I got money in my... In my... What's it called? Let me see it. Platinum Cashback. Okay. I don't I don't know what Platinum Cashback is. Uh, maybe it's just a, a better rate of cashback. I don't know what, what makes it platinum, but I would just assume that you just get more cash back than if it was usual, but could be wrong. So basically that means I have money there. Just chilling. Uh, yeah. I'll just Google it. I'll Google it. Yeah, I was... Disu, do you do, you do the cashback system with... No, I don't really use my credit cards. So I don't, I've never, I don't think I've ever done cashback of anything in my life. I never yeah. really do go... I never really do cashback. So I can't speak on that. I feel, you- yeah, I, I feel like it's just a way to make uh, people save more. But anyway, how did you get your first credit card um, I just applied for it so I think my first one was like I've only ever used like Capital One because I've kind of been afraid of credit cards and yeah so I just kind of just left it so I don't I kind of stay away from credit cards because yeah. I, I just have just bad money habits in general so I don't try to indulge in it so yeah I'm not really much of a banger of credit cards but now I kind of feel like I wish I um was on it a bit more because it's, it's very um vain reasons but like my friends that have Amex cards the way they'd be chopping AVS points and stuff like that. Yeah. Like my friend Roberta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. friend Roberta, my boy Junior. I was like, oh, shit, that could have been me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so there's there's definitely benefits. And it's funny that you say that. It's like, I guess it all depends as well as what you want to get out of it. If it's to build, right. there's, there's credit cards for different things. If you just want to build your, boost up your score, then there's cards for that. If it's that you want uh, AVS points so that when you fly out, then your credit's got you covered my friend told me last week she's got enough points on her credit card for two people to go to St Lucia that's a muck thing I'm the person you said I'm the person I just want to big up uh, Lydia Dinger my little sister sent me a whatsapp of her um, on her a screenshot of uh, Lydia Dinger's channel and she was listening to our podcast and she presented oh. a question that we uh, presented um, to her audience, and she said she listens on a regular. Oh, so, my God, Lydia. She's a fantastic. She's fantastic. Yeah, she does. We, we appreciate you, sis. Lydia, wow. The video is day in my life, a man funding my life, question mark. 
uh, luxury. So even the title, um, so I think that was the episode when we were talking about man, what it costs to be a man and what it costs to be a woman, mm. if that makes sense. And she was listening to it. She she bigged us up on it. She put like, uh, you know, for people to follow us on it. It was about a month ago. Can't believe we missed it, but yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Lydia. We appreciate you. Yeah. And shout out your queen. sister for highlighting that as well. Um, cool. So with the second question, how do I know which credit card to select as there's so many on the market? Obviously, there's all these comparison websites um, compare the market. And as Nigo said earlier, that um, if you're with Experian, um, of course, they they will recommend the best credit card for you kind of based on your score. So that's something that we can look at as well. Um, but yeah, I would also say just don't don't go with the first credit card you're you're offered. Um, like I said, you want to yeah. think about what works for you because yeah. yeah, there's there's no point. You might as well get perks out of it. Like look at Nigo talking about there's this offer, there's that offer. You yeah. want to make sure that you get some of those perks as well, and you you know what you're in it for. And and definitely think about the why of you getting it because a lot of times. The moment people see that they can get a credit card and they are eligible to a certain amount of money, they take out that money just for the sake of, oh, wow, I can get it and end up squandering it or whatever, whatever. Double think your options. If the reason is just to have extra cash or whatever, um, yeah, just be considerate. Remember, it's because she wants to buy a house. Oh, no, I was just talking in general, sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this one in particular is because she wants to buy a house. And um, her third question, how do you set up the process of using and paying off a credit card? So, yeah. It's a good question. I've always, um, I've always just used the app. Um, so in terms of like paying it off at the end of the month, well, I, I always make sure it's a week before the end of the month. I just go on the app. Uh, luckily for me, it's just something that I've remembered, I just remember to do. So it's not like, I don't need to send a reminder. I'm like, okay, so it's around about the 21st call, check it, however much I need to pay off. On the app, it will be connected to whatever bank card you want. So I've got the Vanquish app and the Amex app. Literally, you don't even need to keep putting your card details. It's just there. You press OK, yes, yes, it's done. So it's literally like three buttons and it's job done. Um, so it's quite simple. Um, I don't really understand the first part of the question. How do you set up using it yeah so obviously she ha- uh, she hasn't used a credit card before so how do you set up the process of using your credit card and paying it off but i think it's more as you said nugo it's like using the app but obviously there's different ways as well people can set up uh, direct debits um yeah so people can do that do people can do that too Disu, what do you do with your credit cards when you've used them Oh, I just have a direct um, debit set up to just clear it monthly. Yeah. Just nothing heavy. But again, I'm not really much of a avid user, so you just depends. Different people do different things. I know quite a lot of my boys who may spend a lot, they like to clear it down straight away. Or some people, they do that the minimum payment. So it just kind of depends on your cash flow and and what you're on, really. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, definitely. That's important as well, your cash flow. Um, people that do that minimum payment thing you like living life on edge yeah I mean I I get it but the minimum payment I get um, I guess it depends on people's situations and as you said Nico when people do this thing where it's like they've got access to so much credit sometimes it's 
lifestyle creep it can happen to anyone I see a lot of people talk about that like lifestyle creep and just everything kind of racking up in different ways so so yeah you do have to be able maybe we could do a podcast on that one day that at times it's like your eyes can be bigger than your belly you don't want to miss out especially now with everything slowly opening back up you're just like oh I've enjoyed and regardless of your situation some people will be like I've got this credit card I've got that but you just got to remember not to not to get sucked in um okay cool what her other question is is it going to get harder to buy an apartment or property in the next few years and would you recommend to buy one ASAP so let's answer the first question is it going to get harder to buy an an apartment or property in the next few years what do you guys think because I think all we can do is give our opinion we can't yeah I think anything I would say is uh, educated assumption um, and I would also say I'm probably not the most educated so the assumption can't be that strong so do, do a bit more uh, I guess research outside of this as well but what I would say is it looks like everything's been going towards a difficult direction so if we're, if we're looking at for instance I think this year no I think it might have been end of last year they brought in that policy I think NatWest and a couple others where it was like you can't buy a house with um, money you've been gifted or something like that um, so, something like you have to basically they've been making the security check stronger um, in order for you to get a mortgage um, and obviously if we look at the trajectory of like going back to just before the crash where mortgages were being given out like Harry Bowles and that um, naturally it seems like it's becoming more difficult so I'd assume it will be, become more difficult, but then also you have to take into consideration that there are elements of the government that want people to be buying more, um, that want to get houses off the market. So, um, yeah, you can only assume if it's going to get more difficult or, or easier. I'm not. I'm not. In, I I assume it's going to get more difficult. I assume. This mm. Yeah, I think um, as long as that you can afford it and you're happy with that house, I think the sooner you can get a house, the better, because naturally history shows, especially in the UK, prices are just going to keep on increasing over time. The rate might slow and dip um, in various intervals, but it's going to get more and more expensive to get a house. And obviously there's there's not the biggest of supply of houses anyway. So I think if you're in a position to do so, I, I will say take the opportunity both hands. Of course, it's not financial advice. I'm just saying I would personally, because I've... From when I first saw that house prices when I started working, compared to what I'm seeing now, is is it's outrageous. So yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think that's one thing I'm just clocking. Um, it's it's not going to get easier. So I'm just like, boy, you just got to make decisions now. And for me, I'm just like, boy, I got to at certain points minimize enjoyment for the sake of my future. Because as we said, it's not gonna it's not gonna get easier. Cool. So we hope that we've answered that. Um, and then we had someone come back. Did he want to be anonymous? Um, I'll keep it anonymous. But someone commented on our graduate podcast episode we had um, a while back. And he said, hey, guys, firstly, just wanted to say that I love the podcast, discovered recently and binged, binged it all. I was listening to your episode on grads and I was loving it. Proper informative. 
I'm a student who has been on a professional placement year, actually um, working in a banking recruitment firm, which has given me massive, which has given me massive insight into how these roles recruit and so on. Just wanted to big you guys up. And if you're ever looking for a banking recruiter for a conversation on the pod, feel free to let me know. I could refer you to a few people or could have a talk myself. That would be six. My bad. I just realised it's not a question. He was just picking up the podcast. Oh, big up. What are you saying? The bankers are listening. Aye, big man. <laughs> Approve my loans, big man. You know what I'm saying? About you want to come on the podcast. Press the green button, big man. I got £72 for a house deposit. Let me have the rest, big man. <laughs> Those are, oh, mate. Those are the good days that we that we hope for the best. Um, I can't believe we missed we missed the vibe. Yeah. What's going on in the football world? So, man, like Messi, the second greatest footballer of all time. Who's first? Um, this you said Ronaldo. No, I didn't. Sneakers, sneakers, talking rubbish again. But go on. No, but Messi, arguably the greatest footballer of all time. Um, it's not arguable. It's a fact. But go on. Yeah, no, he's amazing. Um, <laughs> has left the team that he's been at since he was eight years old for free. Um, he was Why on has he new- left? Because they're basically, yeah. So and we're gonna get into it, but there's a there's certain financial laws you have to operate by, which they do to protect um, clubs from going bust or to close the back door for clubs trying to come up um, and blow the racks. So what happened is eventually, so his league, Spanish league called La Liga, they did not ad- amend their rules because obviously during COVID, a lot of people lost a lot of money because stadiums weren't open. Mm-hmm. Um, so. La Liga like nah you got you can't spend you can't spend a certain percentage so I think they were like so in terms of their wages to revenue so the obviously listeners revenue is how much money your business brings in and wages how much you pay your staff their wages to revenue ratio was so haram that uh, their wages are 115% of what they bring in so they're spending more on salaries than what they even bring in so like their wage bill it, it was like something like 600 million euros a year so spending 600 million euros a year on wages, bearing in mind in a football club, you have what, 25 pro, maybe 30 people signed on pro contracts, you have coaches and you have your admin staff and whatever whatever have you made. So mm-hmm. they had six, and then the legal, like, listen, your wage bill is out of this world. You have to reduce it by two, 200 million. So you have to reduce it by three to 400 million, which is almost impossible because they've been putting so many mad on such ridiculous wages. They got a guy called Umtiti who's been injured and he's barely played. He's earning... 13 million euros a year which which is like 295,000 euros a week and he's like like a player who's like never plays so Messi's contract was mad he was getting like more than a million euros a week and then he yeah and then he was like okay cool to stay I will take I'll take a 50% wage reduction but the La Liga were like we don't care you can't you can't you can't register him because his contract ended in that summer. You can't register him because you're over your wage budget. So they've signed like four players from other leagues like Memphis Depay. They've signed uh, Aguero and two other players and they can't register anybody because they don't have the P's. La Liga are like, listen, you man have to get rich. You have to make 200 million euros worth of space of why there's a dub. And then I think they didn't, they, Messi's, the club, they didn't think La Liga will be so strict because they, they were like, yeah, right. You're not going to lose the biggest um, star in the sport and the only star in this league. 
They're like, no, nah, it doesn't matter. So that way he became free and available. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then man went to his so he's um he became so he was sold, he wasn't even sold actually. He became a free agent, which basically means his contracts run out and the club have no ownership of him. Um so yeah, he's gone to PSG. Before you even like get in like into the FFP, yeah. Do you guys think, yeah, you could be um let's say God willing, um women's football gets to the financial um situation of of men's football etc um for this sake and obviously to bola as well see in football because in football literally there's players that move countries every year um without almost almost no choice you know what i'm saying just to get their keep their career going obviously it's it's amazing money like for, for some of these people you're talking hundreds of thousands of pounds a week but you have like i was thinking about this today like because messi was obviously crying about um, moving to PSG and I think a lot of people are like why would you cry you're on like a million pounds or whatever whatever and I was thinking Ra like you also do have to take this consideration you've got like a six year old and a nine year old he built his whole life in Spain and out of nowhere you're just being told you've got to go France and then I thought Ra mm. like, do you think you could be with someone because obviously a lot of these a lot of the, the wives of these superstar footballers that are changing countries all the time they genuinely just have to up and move with their, like, you know what I'm saying, with their kids, any business they've started, you know, the friends that they might have built up. Obviously, they can go back on holiday or whatever, but you're literally just moving without, like, what? who is it? Um, this, Etu found out at a dinner that he was leaving Spain. He, like, he wasn't even told. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Do you guys think you could, I guess, even in, someone, go on, go on, this even in, like, um, American sports, because they have a franchise system, Bola, where... There's no, it's not, you can't just make your own league. It's a closed system. We've got 30 NBA teams. We've got 32 NFL teams. Nobody gets relegated. We get, we negotiate these big ass TV deals. So nobody's broke. Everybody gets P. But in no system, like, because it's, it's a closed system, you can't just buy a player. You, players come in via draft. And the only way you can swap players is if they become free agents at the end of their contracts or you trade them. And clubs can trade players without their permission unless they've got no trade clause, which is a rare. So I could be living in LA. And I'm like, I'm so happy I'm in LA. My wife loves it. We've got a nice house in Calabasas. And I could just be, do you know what I mean? At the cinema with my wife. And then my phone's blowing off. Yo, you've been traded to Cleveland in Ohio. Huh? You have no choice. They don't even have to tell you, bro. Why not? Bear man have found out they've been traded by via TV. So like, is On. Um, sorry, so I know you were this you were talking about. Yeah, it's it's a shame because I don't know how people's lives get uprooted like that. But um, it's I think I think that's what you sign up for. Um, yeah, and, and I can't lie. Yeah, sign me up. If they have to say, "Yo, you're gonna have to firm a young Russia," do you know what I mean? You might get. Really, you could really do that. Bro, but it's not even just Russia. Think about it, bro. Like, Oscar had to go China, blood. Put me in Taiwan. Bro, are you <laughs> six figures a week? Huh? Huh? Mm. Listen. What if you don't know no one, bro? Like, I'm saying... You're no! Like, what about knowing? I know free. I know Queen Elizabeth. And that's what I'm getting in There's bucket loads. Queen Elizabeth on that, you know. When I convert it... When I convert it... 
<laughs> you're dumb. When I come, listen, they can even pay me in Bitcoin. I don't even give a heck, bro. Just run me my peas, man. Like it's such like, like Kim Jong, a- like Kim Jong Un looks a bit like um, Matthew Ashimola, you know. They've got a similar trim, and that's about it. But it, I do get it. But like, I think the fact that it's life changing money, yeah. and then like I was even watching something about this is very random. Watching. Uh, Manny Pacquiao was meant to be fighting Errol Spence like next week, but Errol Spence, I think he tore something in his eye socket. And they'll talk about Manny Pacquiao and where he came from. And he literally came from abject poverty in the Philippines. He's now the, he's now a senator in the Philippines. He's a multimillionaire and he's running for president. And like, it's just amazing what sport can do mm-hmm. like, in terms of like changing people's whole, whole lives. Even like um, Lukaku was talking about how sometimes they couldn't eat. They had to have water or cereal Lukaku's just gone to Chelsea for 100 million euros. He's going to cost, he's going to be getting paid 370,000 pounds per week. So like, like, yeah, it's life-changing money. And I couldn't turn down life-changing money for some difficult circumstances that like, I will work a night shift for, for, for um, 1.5 times my salary. Do you know what I mean? So, like, so like, obviously like on this, like speaking about Chelsea, so Chelsea had a ban, when was it this year? Like three years ago? Where they two couldn't, years ago. two years ago where, um, I think UEFA or FIFA stepped in and said they're not allowed to make any purchases. They're not allowed to buy any players for a year, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that was for questionable financial fair play. Yeah. So some of the some of the cons. Go on. No, I, it might not be that. You know, I think it might have been to do. I think it might have been something to do with signing young players illegally or something like that. I don't think there's a financial fair play. Nigo gone. No, no, he's here, he's here. Oh, yeah, that... Well, maybe. But, um... <laughs> no, yeah, I get what you're saying. You've got to do... <laughs> what's right for Man City, Man City are basically going through it now, isn't it? Oh, yeah, the thing with Man City, so, for the listeners, so... Um, Man City, they're a club who's been owned by Sheikh Mansour. He's from Saudi Arabia. And when you hear Sheikh, he's Saudi Arabia, you know what the bag like. The bag is very big and it's very, very, very... Hefty. Yeah. So what they did was, so the way financial fair play rules work is you can't operate past a certain, you can operate on a loss, but it can't be more than this amount and across a three year period. So I think the amount might be like a, like if you're a Champions League club, it's like 45 million euros a year. So it's not, so you can't operate at a mad loss. So how this works is obviously the more money you make as a business through commercial revenue, through TV deals, throughout your stadium, the better, the more money you can spend on players. Because, of course, remember, it's all about your loss. You can't make a loss of that amount. Man City, obviously, they're like, they were like a yo-yo club. They weren't, they weren't popping like Arsenal or Manchester United or Liverpool. So what they did was they bought this club on a cheap and they was like, listen, we're going to get all these players who are really amazing, but their clubs are asking for too much money from other clubs. So we're going to pay over the odds for these men. And, the way, and that's how we're going to catch up by just spending mad money. So what they did was, they spent so much money and what they also did was they were also like basically falsifying commercial deals. So obviously, if you're a billionaire owner, you can't just, oh shit, my club's making a loss. Let me just give them a billion. It don't work like that. So what he did was, um, I think it was like, I think it was like pretending to be, it was even then what PSG did the same who were owned by the Qataris. They were both like pre- making these fake commercial deals when really and truly it was them man pumping money through the back door. And it's mad because obviously the government body's like, you can't do this. This is financial fair play. It's not fair. So we're going to punish you. But 
these are multi-billionaires going on trillionaires. Man City, I'll need to find a video on personal Twitter. If you see the lawyers that they brought, Bola, they brought like 30 lawyers. They brought 30 lawyers to the court of arbitration. They had hell, and you know, all these lawyers are top donors. And then what happened? They were like, do you know the what? The lawyers were walking up like they were gangs. They, they look like a gang. No cap. They look like a... I, I thought... I, they look like they have guns I in their briefcases. I thought... <laughs> I saw the picture. I saw the picture. I saw, I saw the Man City owner with like 30 guys. I thought, oh, right, security and that, yeah? Entourage, yeah? And then I read the caption. They said, yeah, uh, Man City's 30 lawyers. I said, huh? Do you know when huh? somebody said that? I thought it was a troll. Then I cl- no, they legit had 30 lawyers. Like they had 30, they came in and said, if you man think you're gonna kick us out of this competition and find us like this, you lot are smoking the f- purest of crack. Like, and obviously they just and that's a thing, that's one thing I learned in life about money. Yeah, once you reach a certain level of money, yeah, the influence that you have and the access to lawyers that you have that could is is actually I want to talk about a case, but actually no, I'll tell you guys offline, yeah. Because this, when I saw this, it, it remind me. I'll tell you about this case offline. This person, the QC he got, yeah. And when I found, when I found a way, how's this man on the road? Then I saw who his lawyer was. I said, ah, it, it makes it makes it makes sense. So yeah, that it was crazy. They had thirty lawyers coming through like the crypts, uh, and they and of course they beat the case. Yeah, beat the case quickly. And they and the thing is, the evidence against them was mad. They had. They had like emails of like the owners, like people keep people saying we're gonna intimidate UEFA. Da, 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 da. I was like, yeah, this club is finished. They're gonna they're gonna kick them out of the Champions League. They're gonna find them. But them lawyers, them lawyers are lawyering. So, but yeah, I think there was something you touched on that makes it so important. So when we're talking like financial fair play, because it says kind of says it in the term, the reason the owners can't just give like a billion to their club is one thing that UEFA are trying to stop is. So when you have teams like Man United, um, there's other teams as well. A lot of their earnings is based on uh, their football. So it's based on their winning, their fan base, um, the revenue they bring in, whatever. Whereas there are teams, and I'm not saying this is better or worse, but there are uh, around about 2004 or three when I think that's when Chelsea were bought. Um, so Chelsea were bought by a billionaire in Russia. Um Oil money, I think one of the he's one of the richest guys in Russia, Roman Abramovich, whatever. And then obviously you had the the sheiks buying Man City or the similar situation with PSG. What happens was football started to become a sport where billionaires would come in, pick a team, and say, "I'm just going to throw millions of pounds at this team and make this the best team in that country." And the issue with that was there were clubs fighting for hundreds of years, twenty years, fifty years, however long, mm-hmm. to try be the big dog. And essentially, people are just coming through and saying, yeah, that's all cute and that, but I've got 500 mil. What are we saying? So <laughs> what UEFA said was, it needs to be, um, it needs to be, what's the word, sustainable via your own um, revenue and et cetera, et cetera. Because also the other thing is, let's say you do build this two billion pound debt, because obviously part of it is swap you going down, but also let's say you do build a mad debt and whatever reason, Donny just cuts out whatever. No, no, done out, blood. You can't. You're not going to be able to sustain it. You're not going to be able to sustain this, um, this model that you've built. So that the hope and the belief is that thing because it and, it and it also started messing up. Like when billionaires and money started becoming silly in football, it started messing up things. Because what happens is the most average player is being bought for like sixty million pounds, 
And then when the teams like with less money, that are just doing things authentically, are trying to go and buy an average player, they're being quoted things that would put them in debt. Do you know what I'm saying? So I guess yeah, the, the whole thing is to try and be you know quote unquote fair. People say it doesn't work and that people are bribing UEFA. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I can't say if that's true or not true. I can say that PSG have a player on their team that is quoted as having a million pounds a week um, salary and yeah, and yeah, you never know. You never know. Uh, last last question. Do you think Messi will go back to Spain? I think he will, but retired probably like as like a, I don't know, what's that word when someone's like a rep or something? I know I think, what you're talking about. I think he'll finish his football away from Barcelona. I don't. I think, but I think Barcelona are finished. Mm. That's just that's too broke, man. Oh really? Yeah, they've made they've made they've made too many bad decisions. And you know, ones where all your bad decisions like they've come finally. Is that there is they just you know when people say you can't just keep kicking a can down the road, like, yeah. and that's what they've done financially and. I think like having Messi, he's such a transcendent figure that not only is he so good enough that even if the other people you're paying, you have to sell bare people, you can still win and be competitive. He's also a big commercial asset in terms of gaining revenue. And Barcelona have been one of, I think, if not the biggest club commercially, and that's mainly off the back of Messi. So once Messi's not there and they haven't got anybody else, he's like they're going to be in a bit of a big trouble. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Cool, cool, cool. Well, um, I guess, yeah, hopefully we've answered people's questions. If you have any more questions or dilemmas, please do let us know. FreeDigitsPod at gmail.com. And you know where we are on Twitter and Instagram, the last three digits. Um, You know where to find us. If you have any topic ideas as well, feel free to hit us up and let us know. And like always, we'll see you next time. Bye, guys. Sure.